I mean, to start, I think that success is subjective. I think it's a very individualized thing. And um, for me, simply the fact that I'm doing this, <laughs> I'm doing something that I um, never really thought that I could do, but I always wanted to do. Welcome to the No Excuse Pro Podcast, your weekly dose of motivation and actionable advice. If you're a realtor, financial planner, business owner, or anyone who's tired of making excuses and ready to take your success to the next level, you've come to the right place. Join your host, Kevin Briarton, each week as he chats with industry leaders who are going beyond the excuses to achieve their goals. So no excuses accepted. Let's get started. Joy, thanks so much for joining me. Um, I put together these interviews for around no excuse professionals because I found over the years, there's so many people that have these dreams and they have these goals that they want to accomplish. They write them down every day. Um, but then they have excuses of what, why they're not getting there. Uh, and so I wanted to go deep on agents and other professionals and business owners to understand more about what's making them successful and how are they breaking through the excuses. Maybe we still have some excuses. You know, we unfortunately, we have to be honest with ourselves too. So I want to learn more about you. Joy, just tell me, take two minutes and tell me just a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay. Well, um, Joy Rossick, you've already mentioned that. And um, I am a real estate agent. I recently moved over to eXp Realty and uh, my business partner and I, we mentor about 11 agents and uh, we love it. Been at this for about four years now. And prior to that, I spent my professional career basically in the hospitality field and then community engagement with a master plan community out here in the West Valley. So lots of um, just working with the public and helping to educate and to bring people together. That's awesome. So you were working in the public for the, the community. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So um, Verado specifically is a master plan community out in Buckeye area. And um, it, it's a very unique community because it has two governance structures or two entities, so to speak. You have your, your typical HOA that's responsible for the beautification of the community and compliance and things like that. Then you have the assembly who is responsible for all the engagement, all the activities, the groups and clubs, concerts, volunteerism, and all the fun stuff that really brings people together. And so I got to be on that team for about seven years or so, just helping to build community. It was awesome. I loved it. That's great. And so, so what has been the one thing that makes a difference, like in your success, what's the one thing that makes a difference for you to be successful? Well, I mean, to start, I think that success is subjective. I think it's a very individualized thing. And um, for me, simply the fact that I'm doing this, <laughs> I'm doing something that I um, never really thought that I could do, but I always wanted to do. So just kind of day to day, putting one foot in front of the other and just doing the work, um, that to me is successful. That's awesome. Well, we've heard, uh, you know, if you think of driving a car at night and your lights are shining out, mm -hmm. you don't know what's on the other side of that, but you just, you know, little by little, you know, it reveals itself. And I kind of think of that when you tell me that story. Right. Yep. Most That's definitely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, you know, we, we, we try to make good plans. We try to have 
you know, the perfect situation, perfect day, perfect week, perfect process, and things go a little sideways. And, you know, that's when you got to improvise and you can't give up. You know, I, I feel like, you know, sometimes things get so rigid in our business, in the mm-hmm. lending world, that things get so rigid, like, why well, I'm going to call this person at this time. Well, well, maybe they need to call because something happened a little earlier than that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they, you know, maybe we don't always call at this time to explain something. But in this situation, because I know X, Y, and Z, I need to pick up the phone. Let's walk through it. Maybe we need an extra touch point or two, an extra meeting or two. And that's okay. And you can't be so rigid. And this is why I believe that the robots and AI and technology are only going to go so far in our business because there's so much nuance that's mm-hmm. the variables to your point, like being able to move with it, that it, it makes it difficult. You know, you look at these self-driving robot cars and they sometimes if you put a cone on their hood, they like just freeze up. <laughs> you know, it's like that doesn't work. You know, I mean, how many cones get put on our hood throughout the day and weeks? Yeah, that we, we got to go. OK, well, what do I do here? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't completely remove the human element because at the end of at the end of the day, we want that to some degree. So, yeah, I agree. Well, have you ever, Joy, have you ever given up on something that you wish you did not give up on? Oh, man, I know I was thinking about that. And um, honestly, for me, it was not getting involved in real estate sooner because I thought about it. I really just, it's so funny because years ago, years ago, people would say, well, Joy, what's your favorite show? Or, you know, like, how do you de-stress? Like, what's your routine at night and stuff? This was before we had kids. And I said, honestly, I'll sit there on Zillow. (laughs) I would look at houses. I'm researching the area. I'm looking at prices. I'm looking at pictures. I'm looking at everything. But I just was afraid, you know, I had imposter syndrome. I still do to a, a degree, um, but it's just, I didn't think, I just didn't think I could do it. I thought it was too complex. I didn't know where to start. To it, let's talk a little bit about the imposter syndrome. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about that and how you overcome it. Oh man, honestly, I think that most people have it but it just depends on what level you get to. So if you're in the, if you're a beginner, you may have it like, oh, could I even become an agent? And then all of a sudden you become an agent. Ooh, you know, could I be a mentor or could I be a team lead? And then, oh, you know, could I make X, Y, Z? Like there's always something to, to achieve that's higher. And I've noticed in this industry specifically, you know, it's like the grind, it's like, get after it. And, um, you know, at what point do we stop and think, I'm content because complacency is different from contentment. And we don't talk about that a lot, you know, and it's like right now, especially this month when things are slower and I look at the year I had, you know, being in my fourth year, basically of real estate, I am so thankful and I am full of gratitude at what I was able to at least accomplish this year and all the families I was able to serve. So I feel like we really need to get back to that. Like, okay. Let's be appreciative of what we have. And it's okay to have goals, but you can be content and still have goals. So anyway, that's like a long answer to that question, but. (laughs) I love it because I have fought with this over the years. I'm one that like wants to keep, you know, growing and keep getting better. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like I look at like my garage, you know, like bicycles and dirt bikes and this, and it's like, okay, well, do you need something else or do you just enjoy what you have? And at a certain point, like you got to go enjoy what you have because if you just keep accumulating, whether it's money or 
houses or wealth or whatever, but you don't enjoy what you have, it is a, it is a very, this is an important topic because then the rabbit hole, some people go down is they go, now I just, ha I'm, I have enough, um, money's not everything. And which is true, you know, it, it said that the root of all evil, or money is the root of all evil, but it's the love of money. Love mm -hmm. of money is not just the money itself. So I'm really going deep on like some research on this because I don't, I think the money itself uh, is not fulfilling. It's, it, you have to have some other worth or why attached to it. And that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast is I believe that people have a vision of whatever they want to do. It may be not nonprofit. It may be something else other than just this. I'm, I'm going to do something around a no excuse dad. Like I have stories about being a no excuse dad where I've structured my day um, around the perfect life that I want. Meaning that I, for years, come in late on Wednesdays and take my kids to school, both of them on Wednesdays. And now I take my daughter to school every day because of the scheduling. And then I work a little later on Wednesdays because I know clients need uh, a late night appointment a lot of times where I used to get upset and my wife would be like, well, why aren't you home early? But now I just said, hey, okay, I'm going to have to do this. I structure my day around it. Mm -hmm. The reason why I bring this up is because people can have more of what they want. And it's not just about money, but the imposter syndrome is something that creeps in to a lot of our lives of, you know, should I even do this? I mean, I, I've thought about doing this podcast for a year and it's like, you know what? I want to do it because I truly, I believe that there's people out there that we could impact and help with these answers and questions and, and thoughts. So mm -hmm. if you're, if anybody's dealing with imposter syndrome, the best way I would say to get over it is just go do it. And there's a saying, act as if, act as if, act as if, and, and it will um, build on itself. Obviously you'll learn more, uh, lean on advisors. So Joy, you're part of a team. So it, what does a team do for you as a, a realtor when you are new and even now four years in, what does a team do to kind of help you with that imposter syndrome? Well, I mean, our setup is actually a bit unique. We're not an actual organized team. Um, so my business partner and I, we, we essentially serve as mentors. And then we have agents who will sign on under us. And then we help to mentor them, not just when they're new, but throughout. Because sometimes, you know, especially when you are a newer agent, or maybe you've been in a couple of years and you do a deal here and a deal there. And it's like new every time because you're not consistently doing deals. You may have just basic rudimentary questions that you don't want to go to the broker for every single time. And you don't want to have to spend a ton of time on Google researching it. So we call it a collective. Essentially, we're there to support each other and help each other in this crazy world of real estate. But one thing I wanted to add is, um, you know, back when I worked in community life in Verado, we had a saying out there that people own what they help create. And I've I've never forgotten that because there's so much truth to it. And so I think to combat imposter syndrome and also to help empower new agents in the business is to find something, find whatever aspect of the business that you want to be really good at and own it, whether you're creating something, whether it's content, whether it's, you know, staging or, you know, whatever it may be, figure out what that is and really take ownership of it because that'll help you feel like your own you know, internal expert. That's a great takeaway. That's a great takeaway. So uh, along those lines, I mean, what, is there something 
that you provide as a service or a resource that you really, that you think it really changes your uh, experience for your clients? Is there some type of specific resource or service you provide? Mm -hmm. So I, after my very first deal, which happened to be in Verado, which was amazing. I was fortunate to sell my first house out there. Um, after that, I took some of that commission and I invested it back into something to help my business. And that was getting certified as a staging design professional. And so that is huge for me. <laughs> when listing a house, I'll, I will either consult with the seller and you know maybe help them with their own items that they have in their house, or I have a stager who has the inventory that I work with to get the house ready. There is so much about perception when selling a home that we don't realize that's just psychological. When you walk into a home, how it feels, how it smells, you know, how clean it is, all those things. And I have got like probably to a fault, this keen eye for the aesthetic. And so I want to help my clients make sure that they are giving themselves the best opportunity possible to sell their home and do it well and, and have their house shine over all the other houses on the market in their neighborhood. So I would say that's it. <laughs> that's a big deal though, because, you know, a lot of times, you know, what we see as, as a lender, we see a lot of times people will just not even look at the houses that are a little rough, that may be nice houses, but, you know, they're a little messy. The pictures aren't good. So mm -hmm. I like one pro tip that I tell buyers is, why don't you go out and find the house that has ugly pictures, but it's in a good area and a good price, because that could be the deal. But on the flip side of that, if you're listing a house, and you want to sell it for the highest price, you mm -hmm. want to make sure the pictures look amazing make sure that everything is staged correctly. Even if you can't take everything out of the house, you know, there's ways to structure. And I know you're an expert around that to make it look amazing. So I think that's a, a very big deal and a, a huge value add to your, your clients. Yeah. And the photos are the first step. So never skimp. Like I never skimp on photos, always get pro photos. I will never I will tell you never <laughs> take listing photos with the cell phone. I will not do it. Pro photos every time that draws them in. Once they're in the house, you want them to feel like, wow, these do look like the pictures. So. So Joy, how do you handle, like if a client you talk to says, you know what, Joy, um, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Um, I'm going to go my, I'm going to take my own pictures or I don't want to do this. And they're not at, you know, staging it the way you want. How do you handle those objections? Yeah, well, I provide the service, so you can't say no because <laughs> it's part of my listing offering and my package of what I do, the pro photos, at least the staging consult. The staging not always is included. It kind of depends um, on our whole situation. But yeah, I mean, some won't, but there are still ways to declutter and make the house feel fresh and clean and clean the windows, something so simple. And the pro photos that I love taking, um, you know, of my listings, we take photos through the window. I mean, it's like an overlay basically. So you can see right through. So if your windows are nasty, then that's not a good thing. So um, yeah. just some basic tips, just basic tips. And if they don't do it, I haven't had it happen yet. So <laughs> I won't know how I can overcome that objection because so far, everybody has been really just appreciative of the advice and they trust my judgment and it's worked. And I'm thankful for that. Awesome. What, what do you think the one thing, like when people come to you and ask for help, what do you think the one main thing they come to you for? What, what is that, um, 
what does that do to you to help them out with that? What is the one main thing? Yeah. Would you say clients or agents? Clients? Uh, clients. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say probably the most asked question is, is it a good time to sell? Is it a good time to buy? So with that, and we tell our agents this as well, you have to always, always be a student of the industry. So that's every day if you're reading an article, if you're jumping online and looking at current mortgage rates, if you're calling Kevin and asking him what the market's looking like from a mortgage rate perspective, um, whatever that is, you need to be in it and be involved because at any point in time, you could be at a dinner party and someone knows you're an agent or Uncle Bob's telling them, hey, my you know, niece is a realtor over there. And then you end up talking about real estate. You need to be educated. You need to know what you're talking about. So I try to just stay up on everything that I possibly can so that when I do get asked that question, I can help educate on either side because it is just wild to me how much of a deficit there is out there with good, solid information. People, buyers who don't think they can buy, well, why don't you think you can buy? Have you consulted with anybody yet? Have you taken a deep dive into your buying power to see what's possible, what programs exist, all of that? No, they haven't. And so there's a huge lack in education. So I think if if we stay up on that, we can be the expert and make people feel comfortable and confident to help walk them through the process. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that's excellent. So like, help me understand, what was a, a time where a customer, you would consider the customer a hero and why? Oh, the customer. Oh, man. Oh, I will tell you, if you are a buyer or you are a seller and you are able to stay calm <laughs> through the transaction, it is so emotional. Emotions get high. The unknown can happen if you are flexible, amiable, you trust your agent and you just kind of like trust the process that you are most likely a hero because you're not letting it overtake your emotions. doesn't help anybody at all. I mean, especially when you know you have a good agent who has your best interests at heart, you have a great lender who has your best interests at heart. Um, trust the professionals to get you through it without getting too overly worked up and emotional. So let's go a layer deeper. Tell me a specific time where a you, know, you would consider a customer a hero. Oh man, a specific time. I've got... I've got a handful. Um, okay. I'm going to give you, <laughs> I'm going to truncate this as best as I possibly can, because this was a couple years ago. And um, I was asked to help a family who was moving to Arizona, find a home. And um, this was during the frenzy. It was crazy. And at the time, you know, their budget was set for good reason. And, and there were few homes on the market in that price point. So it was tough. And I remember sitting at my table with my son doing homework. <laughs> I had my computer set up to the side and I would just hit refresh on the MLS just to see if any new listings popped up. Sure enough, one did. It was in coming soon status. So I quick send a message to the agent, you know, hey, any interest on this property yet? Then I get on the phone and I call the agent. Um, simultaneously, my client texted me, hey, did you see this one? Yeah, I'm already on the phone with the agent trying to figure out what's going on. And um, try to make a long story short, it was tumultuous to say the least. Uh, this particular property had a solar lease on the home. 
Uh, the agent did not do anything prior to open up a case, to start the transfer or anything like that. We had to do everything on our own from the start. Um, and this was a solar company that was getting taken over by another company. They were in transition. So the communication was horrible. It was, it was the absolute worst solar experience that I've had. And uh, we got down to the wire. The last thing we needed was the UCC release. That is it. That's all we needed to close this house. And um, they needed a wet signature. They needed a wet signature on the document. We could not get a hold of the solar company. It was crazy. It was like the day of closing. I woke up, got my kids to school, 8.30 a.m. I'm on the phone with this company trying to elevate my call to get action. Then they got the document over to my clients. They stopped in transit from California to Arizona to go to some family member's house along the way to print it and um, basically send it in to the solar company. Well, the agent on the other side did not think that we were going to get it done in time. I go, no, we're going to get this done. We're closing today. He did not believe we were going to get, get it done. What was it? 345 in the afternoon or so we got it done. I told him we got it done. Everything's in. We are waiting to record. He still didn't think it was going to happen. I'm like, there's no addendum in place. This is going to happen. We we're going to get it done. And this house literally recorded at the very end of the day. I got a call at like 4.45. Okay. It closed. I go to the house and there's still a bunch of stuff in the house. The seller left all kinds of things. And I knew that my client was in transit from California. They were going to be there late that night. I just walked in and I looked around and I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? Called the agent. He's like, I'm going to dinner. Sorry. I can help you in the morning. I'm like, no, my client's going to be here tonight. This stuff has to get out of the house. He's like, sorry. <laughs> so I made a call to a friend who ended up calling our church. Cause this was a member that was going to have a job, you know, at our church. And I would say probably 20 people within the hour or more showed up at the house to help move things into the garage and clean the house wow. for this person who was coming, my client. And so we had this huge group mops and vacuums and dusters and trash bags and boxes and everything. Everybody just showed up in full force and got the house ready for this family. So, and you know that what, awesome. Kevin, they stayed calm the whole time. He's like, okay, it's all going to work out. It's all going to be fine. So that's a good hero story on, on every front. That's awesome. And I can be very emotional driving across state lines and moving trucks and where are you going to stay? And so that's definitely, I'm, I'm glad that you shared that with us because I think sometimes it's easy to give, you know, hypothetical stories. Mm -hmm. And then it sounds like a commercial. And when we give real life stories of the, the customer being the hero, um, I think it's important. I mean, we're here to come alongside the customers and help them, but it's really their story, not ours. Mm -hmm. So it's just important. And I really appreciate you sharing that. I think that was, um, it's meaningful to hear. And um, I think that, I think that it sounds like to me from what you've been talking about, that there's some sort of pattern or formula for success and no excuses. Your story right there was no excuse mentality about making the phone call to the solar company. Well, you're a realtor. You don't need to do that. You could have been like, oh, it's not my job, but you did it anyways. Mm -hmm. Do you believe there's a some sort of pattern or formula to becoming successful? Oh, again, I wish it was as black and white as people want it to be, but 
as I think about the conversations I have with my business partner and really what defines success for us in this business is to be persistent and just to be gritty, so to speak, because you deal with a lot. People have a different perception of real estate and realtors and what we do and the money that we make and all these things, not really knowing the nitty gritty of what goes on behind the scenes and how difficult it could be. This year alone, I could have a reality show. Seriously, my business partner and I, we could have a reality show and it would be entertaining because we have experienced some crazy stuff this year and you endure a lot. And if you care, that's what keeps you up at night. And so you really have to manage the stress. You have to manage your mindset and you just have to be gritty and persistent and continue to put one foot in front of the other and be consistent with that. Um, Cause it's not easy. It's not easy, you, but it's amazing. You manage your mindset when, you know, you're maybe worrying or stressed out or something going on. A lot, a lot of stuff goes on in real estate specifically in business overall, but how, how do you manage your mindset? Well, I'm a constant work in progress. I think most of us are. Um, I care I care to a fault. And so I really have to take a step back, figure out what I'm truly able to control because there's a lot that I cannot control. That's where the client being a hero comes in when they realize that it's not all our fault or whatever it is and that things kind of fall into place as they should. Um, but really just, okay, is this my burden? No, this is not my burden. And there's not really much else that I can do at this point. And then just to be a support role versus having to try to fix everything. So it's a delicate balance of learning how to do that. And then also understanding what is an emergency. Truly, we don't really have real emergencies in this business, I don't think. But what's a sense of urgency? And then what can wait? And really practicing that. And it's like you have to stop and think, okay, can I give this a minute? Or do I need to respond right away? That's a great, great takeaway. One of the things that I'm consistently seeing is that true professionals and no excuse pros are proactive in what they're doing. So they don't have to be, they can be less reactive. Mm -hmm. Consistently, I'm hearing this where people that have success are proactively doing things to make, to lessen the noise. So one thing that I've learned is if we give proactive updates rather than reactive updates, our phone doesn't ring. Like our goal is to have the phone ring only when there's new clients. Everything else should be an outbound call to go in, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what we need help with. Here's, yes, can somebody send us a message and say, hey, I need to talk to you about something? Sure, of course. But our goal is to make sure that people don't have to call us because we're so proactive in our approach that we don't have to be reacting to every fire. Yeah. And that's, that's part of managing expectations. And that does help lessen the stress for everybody. And um, like I took that back from my event days because I had to be 20 steps ahead of everybody. I had to think of logistics through an entire function to think about agendas and timelines and, you know, meal prep and when the meals are going to get served, like all of that stuff. Well, real estate is like an event planning situation as well. And so if you take it a few steps ahead and you just give your client kind of the outline of what they can expect, there could be some, you know, turbulence along the way. We're going to navigate that, but by and large, this is our path and this is how it's going to work. And I'm going to kind of guide you through each step. So I feel like as long as they know this is what happens next ahead of time, then it, it just helps keep the flow and keeps things moving 
better. Well, what do you want on your resume over the next two years? What's what's the big big thing for you that you want on your resume in the next two to three years? Yeah, well, um, I'm starting a new program where I get to help serve um, and represent military families who are PCSing out here to Luke Air Force Base. And that combined with my sphere, because so far, you know, I really just have worked my sphere. I want people to say that joy helped me buy a home and I didn't think I could. And I was able to achieve the American dream because I think one of the biggest obstacles or objections that people have is fear. And again, lack of information, good, trusted information. So if I could somehow help continue the education process and help ease their fear and then help them achieve the American dream, that's great. And whether that's, you know, 15 transactions a year or it's 30, that's okay with me. It's fine. Whatever comes my way and whoever I'm able to serve is a blessing to me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's go a little more micro too in the next 90 days. So you want to help more families, help military families, and also help them do something that they didn't think they could do. And then as we kind of narrow down over the next 90 days, what do you want to accomplish to kind of head towards that goal? And you're already, I know you're already there helping people, but what do you want to accomplish over the next 90 days? And why is that important to you? Okay. Yeah, that's a good question. And this is really kind of nitty gritty for me, but it's, it is fine tuning my systems because I've, I've got to rein that in. There's so many great systems out there and I have such a broad toolbox. So I just need to really hone in on my systems because that's another big thing too. I think for professionals, when you have a good solid tried and true system that you work day in and day out, whether that's your CRM or however you manage your your customers, that is a game changer. You know, it helps you be consistent and also reduces stress and keeps you productive. So that's what I need to do. What's the one system you couldn't live without? <laughs> Excel. I'm old school. I'm old school. Yeah. Totally an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. That's so it. you're Excel, not Google Sheets? No, no, no. Yeah. Old school. <laughs> You know what? I have a Google calendar now. I have a Google calendar. Um, so one thing I will, I mean, I think it's, I think Excel is the base of everything. A lot of people think about, I'm glad you said that because Excel can be the hub, right? Like, and then you can spider off. But if anybody's like, well, I'm getting started or I'm trying to get organized, I've been doing it 10 years and I'm trying to get organized. What you need to do, I don't care what CRM, I believe in management of a process and having a system, but mm -hmm. a lot of people get so stuck in which CRM to do and use and which is the best. There's better ones and worse ones. You can get, you can Google and say, what are the best CRMs for real estate agents? But the best way to do it is just literally use an Excel sheet and say, okay, map it out. This is what I started doing about nine years ago. And I kept it really, really simple. And after being in the business about 10 years, I'm like, okay, I need to build out this. I was really good at Excel and I enjoy playing around with Excel, but I just said, okay, and this could be for agents, financial advisors, um, really anybody in sales, mortgage, add one person to your database a day and see how much you can help them. How can you help them? How can you serve them? Can you add value? What can you do for them? Add value, add value, add value. And it always comes back around. Mm -hmm. But having that Excel sheet 
And I was highlighted when I worked in Chase back in the day, there was, I had a system and Excel sheet and stuff that all I did was I added one person to it. And then I built up processes off of that. And it can get pretty complex as it goes, but the key is to think about keeping it simple. So I actually love that you said Excel. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Because if you don't have something that makes sense to you, that you're going to actually use, then what's the point? And then you're just back in chaos. So yeah, if you've got it, do it because the worst thing you could do is nothing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Well, I, um, I want to kind of land the plane with a, a few other easy questions if I can. What do you think the biggest challenge in 2024 or recording this at the end of 2023, what do you think the biggest challenge will be for customers in the next year and what do they face today as the biggest challenge? Yeah. You know, I, I think that most people would say mortgage rates, but I'm not going to say that <laughs> um, because I think it's just fear. I do. I think it's fear um, because you may have someone who thinks, gosh, it was just the other day that somebody sent me a post about the bubble bursting and the market crashing. And I'm like, why are we still talking about this? Like, didn't we talk about this two years ago? And they said it was going to happen last year and it didn't. And there's so many reasons why, but why don't you dive into those reasons and really try to educate yourself around those reasons versus just taking a little post on someone's random, you know, social media page. It says that the bubble's bursting, like really? Okay. So that's, I think it's overcoming the fear of an unstable market. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm not an agent who says everybody should buy right now, but I do believe that everybody should look at what it's going to take to eventually buy because buying is wonderful. I've told this story multiple times, you know, back in 2012, my husband and I bought our house that we're in now. Well, we were, I was terrified. I was like, what are we thinking? You know, we're buying a second home. We're keeping our other one. We're not going to foreclose on that. Like everybody else did. We couldn't get a tenant in there. So we could have easily short sold or, or done whatever, but we just couldn't bring ourselves to do it. So we kept two houses and then we ended up moving family in there as our tenants. And then we've been in here since 2012, but I thought we're nuts, but we knew, we knew deep down that it was a good financial decision for us. We just didn't know when it would become that good financial decision. Well, today's the day, <laughs> you know, if we had to sell today, we would have the most tremendous amount of equity that I would have even fathomed back in 2012. I had no idea. So to buy and to hold and really understand the benefits of that and the wealth that that could bring, or the fact that, you know, 10 years from now, when my son's about to go to college that, you know, God willing, yeah, our other rental house, I could sell that. And if he is going to go to college and knows what he wants to do, or maybe join the military, we don't have to worry about it. You know, I can sell that house and, and help maybe fund some of his college or whatever it is. It just being able to have that and, and helping people understand the, the power um, and the freedom that home ownership can bring. But I think it's a long game. I think that's awesome. And, you know, it's, it's what people to overlook is they're buying somewhere to live. You know, sometimes it's fear. You nailed it. Fear is definitely the biggest concern because there was fear in all different markets. I've been doing this 19 years and uh, you look at overall, there's always fear somewhere. Sometimes it's a little less, a little bit more. And I think it's definitely higher right now, but people forget why they're buying a house. Like you're not buying a house to have a mortgage payment. You're not buying a house to have a big mortgage a balance 
you're buying a house to live there in most situations, or you're buying it for, you know, hey, I live in Chicago and I want to be by my grandkids. There's a reason why you're buying it. And sometimes people have forgotten about that. And it's also people saw these big, huge inflation, you know, large jumps of appreciation. And whether the house appreciates or not, people need a place to live. People need to have stronger communities. You talked about Verado. Well, what if every single house in Verado was a rental? You would have a very different community there than a bunch of people that own the houses there. Mm-hmm. Ownership is about community and ownership is about family. Then it's also about the financial piece as well, mm-hmm. because sometimes values don't go up. Well, does that mean that you just let the house go? No, you you live there, you know? So I think that's something that I'm trying to make sure I lean in on and and because sometimes numbers don't always add up and I, and, and you, you want to be, have um, a heart and be sensitive to, Hey, I want my payment to be $1,200. Okay. Well, I hear that, but it's going to be a little bit higher than that. So let's think about why you're doing this. You're not going to doing it to get a $1,200 payment. You're doing it to get to how a house to live in and your kids to have to go to school nearby. And, you know, and that's why you're doing it. Not that we want to push you up in price, but it needs to be realistic. Um, does that resonate at all? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like we said, it, you know, for, unless you're here for a short time, such as, you know, a military family or something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, you know, it, we're more transient than we've ever been. You know, it's like we come, we go, but honestly, if you're able to buy and hold or whether you are able to buy, hold, and then go buy again later down the road and expand a real estate portfolio, a lot of people don't think they can do that. You think, how is that possible? But again, aligning with the right professionals that can help you is key because it's more possible for people than they realize. They just have to make smart moves, budget, which is something we don't like to talk about, you know, these days, but yeah, it's possible with the hard work. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. You do a great job. I appreciate you and crossing paths with you a couple of years ago. And um, I know you're doing an awesome job and keep it up. If anybody wanted to reach out to you to talk about, you know, maybe about if they're a realtor or a home buyer um, and wanted to talk to you, how would they reach you, Joy? I am all over the interwebs, <laughs> oh, which was also a hard thing to get used to, you know, getting into the industry. But yeah, they could literally just Google my name and I'm there. Um, AZ Homes with Joy is my handle on Instagram. You could send me a DM and then, yeah, literally Google Joy Rossick and you'll find you'll find it all. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm sure we'll we'll find all great stuff out there on the internet and we appreciate you. You're amazing. Thank you so much for being a no excuse pro. You truly are. And uh, you're four years into it, a really amazing career. And I'm just excited to see that journey as it you know continues to uh, grow. And I know you're going to do awesome over the next couple of years and really help a lot of families buy and sell and stage real estate. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. And likewise to you guys, you guys are amazing. I appreciate the time. Thank you, Joy. Thanks, Kevin. And there you have it, folks. Another enlightening episode of the No Excuse Pro podcast is in the books. 
A heartfelt thank you to today's guests for sharing their wisdom and to you, our valued listeners, for spending your time with us. If you're ready to ditch the excuses and level up, make sure to subscribe and find all our episodes at noexcusepropodcast.com. Don't forget, the only thing standing between you and your goals is the story you tell yourself. So no excuses accepted here. Take action and make it happen.